This is a clip from The Virtuoso Show, enriching entertainment through story and sound. Aloha. All right, Ryan, I am so glad to have you on the show today. You know, you're probably my very oldest friend. I mean, our relationship goes back to early high school days, if not even before then. Throwback. We've stayed in touch ever since, and I really appreciate that. You know, the payoff is in the long run. Good friendship. Yeah, man. So, Back to the uh, days at the Institute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm excited about having you on the podcast because your last four years have been pretty deeply involved with the world of music. And you've been working on some interesting projects called Living Room Dance Floor and also have some exciting new developments on the horizon. So, I think that's all very exciting. And I want to talk about your LRDF experience and, you know, what you've learned about what makes good music and the cultures within the genres of hip hop and electronic music, the perspectives that the artists are sharing, things of that nature. So, you know, as a broad question, what do you think makes good music? I mean, I think it's very subjective. Um, One thing that I've noticed in, uh, my four years of living room dance floor is, you know, I've worked with artists of many different genres, hip hop, all different subgenres of electronic music. So you got like trap house, uh, electro, there's a number of genres, but I just think that there's no real great answer to what makes good music. I think it's very individual. Um, everyone kind of has their own unique perspective and what certain people like other people don't like, and that's perfectly okay. So I think that's one thing that I've, always come to that I've come to realize is when I started it I was saying to myself oh there's good music and there's bad music but I don't think that's necessarily true I think it's just a matter of who's listening to it and it's all about the perspective and kind of people's experiences and that's kind of what determines what's good music and what's not it's all individual so I don't think you can broadly say something's bad music and something's good music it's all an individual decision that's at least what I've come to come to conclude after four years of uh, kind of being engrossed in the music culture. Interesting. Interesting. So were you ever battling with the fact that your selected genres might be too limited? Oh yeah. And um, it took a while. It took a couple years, actually almost the whole four years I've been doing it. Um, But just recently um, with a new project I'm working on called anybody um, that's kind of my, my way out of the trap of getting stuck in hip hop or just electronic genres of music is, uh, I've, I realized that I like different genres of music. You know, I like indie rock. I like eighties rock, um, some country, not a ton of country, but point is I like a bunch of different genres and I was kind of feeling limited. So, um, it took four years, but now I'm kind of starting to delve out into different ways where I could incorporate some different genres and not feel so boxed in. Interesting. I know you mentioned, you know, off the phone, what anybody is about, but for the audience, that's quite an interesting concept. Can you give us the overview of what you hope to do with that? Yeah. So the anybody project is something that I thought about back in April of this year and kind of jumped right into working on it. So a quick version of what it is, is that 
I wanted to take out any preconceived notions that people have when they listen to music. So by that, I mean, if there's an artist that you know, for example, um, let's say Kid Cudi, say he's putting out a song and you're a fan of Kid Cudi. Well, you see Kid Cudi's putting out a song and you're going to say, oh, I'm going to listen to that because I like Kid Cudi. Whereas someone else who doesn't like Kid Cudi might say, oh, Kid Cudi's putting out a song. Well, I'm not going to listen to that because I already know what I'm going to expect. So with the Anybody Project, I wanted to eliminate that preconceived notion. And basically what I do is I work with different producers and different vocalists and they make collaboration tracks, but then the identities are kept anonymous from the fans and also from the artists that are working together. So the artists that are working together don't know who they're working with. All they do is hear the beats and hear the voices of who they're working with. And the fans, when I release the project, won't know who's on the project. So it's just going to be released under this name, Anybody, uh, because really anybody can be on the, the, the track or the project. And this way, I hopefully will re- remove those preconceived notions that people have. So this way, they won't know what to expect from the project. And this is a way that I think I can delve out into different genres and get out of the hip hop and just electronic music because I want people to not know what to expect from this project. So I think by keeping people anonymous, it removes the preconceived notions, which can make some more people listen because it's got that element of secrecy and that element of surprise. And it's something that I haven't really seen done. I've seen it done on some different levels, but nothing like this exactly. So I'm kind of excited to, to do that. And that's kind of where I'm moving living room dance floor towards because I used to be just strictly like interviews and podcasts and guest mixes. Um, but I wanted to move more into the music releasing side of things, kind of like a label. And um, I'm trying to get more involved with that aspect as well as like learning how to mix and master music as well. So I can add some value to the music creation process as well. Sure. That's exceptionally interesting. I think you're onto something there because it allows you to, you know, see what different artists can do when their guard is down and there's a great opportunity for creation there. So, yeah, Let's, there's uh, so much about... pressure. It's crazy. <laughs> sure, exactly. So what experience do you think, you know, in the past you've had that if you could turn back time and relive it, what would that look like for you? Um, so this is actually going to be music related as well. Um, back when I was probably a sophomore in college. So I was like 20 or something like that. My brother and I, we went to this music festival called Identity Festival and it was in Camden, New Jersey, I think it was. But I would probably relive that day. One, because we can't have concerts right now because of COVID-19. So really any concert would be awesome to go to. Um, (laughs) But um, this one specifically was was special because there was an artist at the time who we really liked. His name is Steve Aoki. He's a DJ. my music taste has evolved since then. But anyways, then is um, when I I really liked him and my brother and I, we went to this festival where there was tons of artists playing and we literally like camped out in the front row of the stage that he was going to be playing at and like watched all these crappy openers. Well, to us, they were crappy because again, I talked about there's no such thing as good and bad music. But um, to us, we didn't really enjoy them too much, but we stuck it through and it was like this crazy thunderstorm halfway through we didn't like take any bathroom breaks. We didn't go and get food. We literally just stayed front and centers because we wanted to be there when Steve Aoki came out. And like, I'm talking torrential downpour, like our phones were in plastic bags and they still broke because they were like, it was raining that much and they were inside of our pockets and it was nuts. But we ended up staying there the whole time. 
and got front row to the show and it was the craziest show of my life i don't even know if i could relive it like physically um like i don't know if my body could take it just because of like the dehydration and how warm it was with all the crowd behind you and just like how many people were just like pushing against us and like the banister or the barrier was rocking back and forth and my brother got caked by steve aoki and it was just like this crazy moment but i think it just that was one thing that kind of propelled me to go into music and just staying a part of the culture and that's one experience that i'd really like to relive uh, but I'd, if i was to relive it i'd like to go back to when i was that that old because like i said physically i don't know or mentally i think i'm too anxious now to like be front center of a crowd of thousands of people and getting pushed up on for <laughs> for hours so it's uh, that's where i'd want to go though <laughs> Wow, man, that brings back some insane ideas of youth. And what a <laughs> what a picture you painted. I, I mean, that sounds like such a wild time, but probably at that age, quite fun. Oh yeah, it was it was nuts. Like it was as equal amount of fun as it was just like chaotic and just like you'll never forget it. Like my brother was on the recap video and it was just awesome. So that was a, I think it's once in a lifetime for a reason. Sure, sure. What about um, who you are today? Like, uh, let's bring it to front and center. What what types of things are making you happy today? On the personal side, um, I'm kind of going through some, some life changes right now. Just recently got engaged. So that was a big step. That's probably number one on the happy, happy list. And then number two, I'm going to be moving from Rhode Island to new york pretty soon so that's exciting as well because i'm gonna be getting a house so kind of cementing these steps in that you know going through a lot of change in 2020 but hopefully it leads to some more consistency down the road but then on like the music side of things what i'm excited for what i'm happy about is this anybody project that i was talking about and then also i kind of hinted at it a little earlier but learning how to mix and master music is both equally intriguing to me as it is frustrating, but I love it um, because you can just be super nitpicky and it's something that I've, I've always wanted to be able to feel like I can offer something to musicians like a service or just feel like I'm part of the creating process rather than just like um, putting their finished product out there. So I feel like by learning to mix and master, it's something that I'll feel happy about just because I'll feel like I contributed to the project that's out on Spotify or on Apple Music. And I'll learn something along the way and maybe make some money from it. So that's something that I'm excited for as well. Oh, sure, sure. I love that you want to get in it gritty with the artists and have your hand in the creation puzzle. That's real cool, man. I like that a lot. Uh, Let's talk about some of your, you know, the opposite side of happiness. What have you given up on? What do you feel like, you know, you wish you might have had the chance to either redo or... Yeah, get back in your life. Um, so I think I think one thing that I've given up on, and this kind of relates to my whole venture with Living Room Dance Floor and just like music in general, is like this idea of of fame. So I've kind of given up on that idea. Like I don't think I ever really was like, oh, I want to be a famous person. But ultimately when I started Living Room Dance Floor, I was like, oh, the end result is to like become known from this. Um but I've kind of given up on that and not because like, I don't want living room dance floor or the anybody project to be successful, but I think it's just like the, the idea behind it, instead of just wanting it to be seen by as many people as possible, 
which would be cool, but that's no longer the ultimate goal. It's more just how many great things can I create and how much dope music can I create with people that I enjoy and that they enjoyed creating with me and that whoever listened to it enjoyed as well. So it's less about how many people are going to enjoy it versus, you know, just the fact that whoever does listen to it enjoys it. So that idea of like fame and notoriety has kind of, uh, I've, I've given up on it. Not that it wouldn't be cool to have, but that used to be like the number, one of the top goals of living room dance floor. Whereas now it's just, let's just create some cool stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at with that. I like that. You know, I was just reviewing a, uh, an essay on positive psychology and Martin Seligman, he's one of the guys, I think he grew up around where we did in Albany, New York. He talks about, and he's one of the founding fathers of positive psychology. And he talks about how some of the keys, if not the number one and number two key in life to happiness, sustained happiness, is A, having a stable and romantic relationship, check mark, Chenley. (laughs) (laughs) And B, is making a living from a vocation or calling rather than just a job. And so to hear you talk about the way that you want to make music because it is ingrained in your spirit, it's like who you are as a person rather than feeling it's a job that's a beautiful beautiful thing for me as your friend to see that you know you got those two pretty much locked down i'm glad to hear that yeah and it's you know it's it's one of those things where i felt like you know giving up on the the whole like fame idea was a good thing just because when when if that's the number one goal and it's not happening and you're just working and working and working for me on music, like that's what I was doing. You can ultimately feel like a sense of like failure from it. So I wanted to get rid of that because every time I'd stop or take a break from working on music, I was, I missed it. And I was always like, ah, like what, what, am I, what, do, what do I have to do? Like, how do I fill time without music? <laughs> so like, I'd always end up going back to it. So then like recently it's just like, the idea has shifted and just instead of it, if, if music's going to be, you know, part of my life for a while and I want to work on it and I want to work with people on it, you know, I have to have the right mindset towards it as well. So I think just always creating with the sense of, all right, I want to create something cool. I want to create something that I enjoy and I enjoy doing while I'm creating it. I think that's important to keep at the forefront rather than, oh, what's the end result going to be? Like, is this going to be the one that pops off? Is this going to be the one that, you know, makes living room dance floor like the most famous music platform ever to exist like i had to lose that mentality and just say let me get back to what i like creating and just create because i like doing it like forget about expectations forget about you know that end result and just enjoy what you're doing when you're doing it so i think that's been the important thing in that mindset shift Excellent. I'm so glad that you were able to speak to that because I wonder if other people are going through that same battle with, you know, trying to figure out their purpose and if that's tied to, you know, achieving some sort of notoriety and how to overcome that because it seems dangerous. And, you know, I struggle with that and I'm sure many people struggle with that. Yeah. Anybody it's, who's it's, a creative. Uh, probably yeah. It's, as a creative, like, yeah, everyone who's doing some sort of creative venture probably struggles with it. And this is like, you could do a whole different interview on this with someone who's probably more qualified to talk about it than I am. But I think a big thing of that, like perceived 
notoriety that everybody wants like lies in social media and how some things just like seem to happen overnight for people and everyone feels like they can attain that as well and that's not the reality for a lot of people and i think that can be tough for people to realize and it's unfortunate that if you it's easy to let it get to you um for a lot of people and it's gotten to be before where like certain people i've worked with have like popped off and i'm like oh man like why isn't that me but then you just realize it's kind of a toxic mindset to have and i think a lot of it's kind of rooted in that social media can be as much of a friend as it is a foe so sometimes you just got to realize that you got to step away from that and not focus so much on what everyone else is doing and just kind of take a break for your own happiness and take a break from being online take a break from being in social media take a break from just like being so engulfed in the culture of whatever it is that you do because it's it's really easy to get kind of discouraged when you see other people maybe succeeding to levels that you think you should be at and once you let that seep in it's kind of like a toxic mindset so you kind of got to know when to take a step back and take a break from all the noise i guess is the short story of that yeah yeah i see that i see that i think it's just about being able to rest and you know step back and have some perspective but hey thank you so much that was a fabulous conversation i know it's relatively short but you offer great insights and i'm really looking forward to your future projects if people want to know how they can stay in the loop regarding your upcoming work how can they find you online oh all right um so it's kind of a anybody is still kind of like top secret so i don't really even i have the social media platforms for that made right now but um i guess the easiest way would just be um follow living room dance floor on instagram it's just at living room dance floor just spell out living room and dance floor and you got it it. (laughs) i'm the only one that has that name so you can you can do that um if anyone had any questions or like wanted to work or you're interested in music um you can just email me uh which is just um, livingroomdancefloor at gmail.com and those are the two primary ways that you can get a hold of me um, Instagram or direct email so uh, Great. stay tuned Stay tuned to that and I'll drop the information about the Anybody Project and where you can follow that on Living Room Dance Floor when the time is right but we're still in the works with that so we got a couple months sure alright fantastic well thank you for your time today Ryan I'm glad that you were able to make it on the show thanks Trevor happy to be on the show and excited for you and see where this uh this show goes and can't wait to listen to some of the other episodes as well all right great thank you all right see you later man Thanks for taking a moment to listen to this excerpt. If you like what you've heard here, maybe you'd enjoy the full show. I invite you to check it out wherever you get your podcasts. If you love what I'm doing and you want to support me, please go to treversthoughts.com and sign up for my email. Alternatively, you can shoot me a quick message at muse at treversthoughts.com. That's M-U-S-E, like the Greek muses. I'll send you an email back and we can begin our relationship from there. Till next time, aloha.